You are listening to the Build a Brain podcast with Dr. Jeannie Zare. Join the quest to shape an efficient brain that fires on all cylinders and runs like a fine-tuned machine. You are now in the capable hands of an international presenter and a pathologically optimistic brain builder. Dr. Zaire will give you the right blocks to build that three pounds of cerebral muscle for you, your child, or the young adult you teach or mentor. Block by block, thought by thought, now is the time to build a better brain. Let's get started. Welcome, friends, to episode two of Build a Brain. The first episode, we talked about input, elaboration, and output. Hope you got to listen to that. And remember that input, there's eight thinking skills for how we get information into our brain. Elaboration, there's 12 skills for now. What do we do with it once we get it in there? And output, eight thinking skills for how do we tell someone we know what we know. Important, every one of those phases of thinking and learning. This work comes from Reuven Feuerstein. He was an amazing Israeli psychologist put in charge of the Holocaust survivors. So think about that. I had someone tell me this morning that gave them chills just to think about that. He was helping teenagers get their thinking back after having survived being in a concentration camp. Hope you also liked in the intro that you heard Kibway provide that I call myself a pathological optimist. Okay, I didn't make that up. Reuven did. So I want to carry on his legacy. He called himself a pathological optimist. I always love that. So I want to be one of those too. These cognitive functions that we're going to dive into on these podcasts, we're going to do one at a time, one for each podcast, so you can index them and find them easy. Well, they happen very quickly. These aren't thinking skills that take minutes to do. They could be just split seconds, but they're very, very important. They are, as the Build-A-Brain name insinuates, they are the building blocks of all of thinking and learning and school and a job and life in general. So I've got a guide here for you. Uh, We're going to tackle the first one. You ready? It is called Focusing and Perceiving. What Reuven identified in some of the Holocaust survivors is they had very blurred and sweeping perception. They weren't picking up details, either visually or auditorily. And so if we flip that into the positive, it would be that your brain is focused and perceiving accurately. So I've got three activities for you to develop in yourself or in your children or someone you mentor. Um, And we're going to start with the first one. You've got to understand what it means to focus. All right. So I've got a, I've got a, (laughs) a definition that you're going to laugh at. Okay. Because it is so old school, but it's pretty powerful. So I just want you to listen to William James a psychologist from the 1890s. I really meant it, giveaway, when I said old school, right? Really old school. So his definition of attention, like paying attention, which is like a synonym for focus. He said, everyone knows what attention is. It is the taking possession by the mind in clear and vivid form of one out of what would seem several simultaneously possible objects or trains of thought. 
Okay, that's mind-blowing right there, right? He goes on to say, Concentration of consciousness are of its essence. It implies withdrawal from some things in order to deal effectively with others. Let me say the last sentence. It's powerful. It implies withdrawal from some things in order to deal effectively with others. Now, my listeners, Kibway's sitting here too. You've probably heard people talk about, oh, I can multitask. I'm a, I used to be proud of that too. And what they have now discovered is that actually you can't do that. You can task switch pretty quickly and become efficient at do this. Oh, now I want to do that. Now I go back to the first thing I was doing, but I've got to drop just like William James says here. I've got to withdraw from the other thing if I really want to do the second thing well. And I think we all know when we're on a task and our brain is distracted and we're, we keep wandering and we keep thinking about something else and we got to keep coming back, coming back to what we want to be focused on. Well, we have, um, up until about a year ago, the number one diagnosis, of medical diagnosis of children was ADHD, Attention uh, Hyperactive dis dis Disorder. Okay, and we now know that anxiety has outstripped ADHD, attention deficit hyperactive disorder. So that's sad, isn't it? That we have more kids being diagnosed being anxious than we do that can't pay attention. Um, but anyway, both are a little related actually, but that's another topic. So we still have a very large number of children and it does follow into adulthood. A lot of adults still struggle with being able to focus, though they tend to learn how to mitigate that, how to deal with it. And we do have families that come to the MindCap Center. I'm the director of the MindCap Center here in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And we have people come from, actually now coming from all over the United States to get help for themselves or for their children. And this inability to focus can really interfere, interfere with life. So we have adults as well as children that we try to help learn how to focus. And the program that Feuerstein developed helps rewire the brain so that I can feel my brain able to target in and focus and stay on a task longer by doing the cognitive exercises he developed. And this, those are very difficult to describe on a podcast. We'll, we'll try and tackle some, some of that. But what I'm going to give you on the podcast, instead of describing the Feuerstein program in detail, I'd rather give you good activities that you can try in case it could help without having to do the Feuerstein program. But if all else fails, you come to us and you do the Feuerstein program. A lot of families are coming to us and saying, look, we've tried three or four medications and none of them worked. Or we've tried a medication. Yeah, my kid can really focus now, but he's lost 10 pounds because it's an appetite suppressant or she doesn't sleep at night, or she's depressed, or it actually caused more anxiety. So the side effects, every medication has a side effect. And sometimes the ADHD meds work beautifully and there are no side effects. So I'm not against medication, 
but I'm just telling you. Most parents that we are talking with here are coming here because nothing has worked or the side effects were just something couldn't live with. So we need another, another way. So I want to suggest some ways that you can develop a focus to, to counter a blurred and sweeping perception. Uh, let me give you an example of blurred and sweeping. So I bet you have run through your house trying to find your keys or your phone. Everybody's always looking for their keys or their phone. So let's say you can't find it and you run through the house and you come back to the room where you started and lo and behold, there it is, it's laying right there. There's the keys or your phone right where you left it. Why didn't you see it the first time you went through? Well, we often are so in a hurry that our perception is blurred. Now know that perception happens in the brain. It's not your eyes. All your eyes do is take in light. So you have these irises that let light in and an image gets reflected back on the back of your retina and there's an optic nerve, picks up that little image that's upside down and sends it clear to the back of your brain. The occipital lobe happens to be back there at the back side of your brain. That's where you see. So your eyeballs are light collectors, okay? Your brain does the perception. So when we're working at focusing and perceiving, we're not changing the eyes necessarily, we're changing the brain for learning how to look at something and actually see it and know it's there. So almost everybody has had that experience I shared of running through the house and you can't find your keys or your phone and you come back and there they were right where you left them the first time. You just didn't see it. Usually because we're in such a hurry. So there is a motto that, that goes with this program. It's just a moment, let me think. And I had a trainee in Florida, I think her name was Roxanne, and she said, Jeannie, do you realize that people pay hundreds of dollars, maybe thousands of dollars to get therapy to learn how to do this? Just a moment, let me think. Oh yeah, because a lot of times we're struggling in life and our therapist, you know, would tell us, you know, you just needed to stop and think about that before you, you know, slugged your brother or, <laughs> you know, right? Did something you regretted, spent thousands of dollars on a new car that your budget really couldn't handle. So the impulsivity kind of goes along with this one, the ability to develop focus and to perceive in the brain accurately what we're seeing or what we're hearing. So here's some, some activities. Number one, learn what the word focus means. So think about William James when he says, we've got to withdraw with some things in order to deal effectively with others. So in this moment, when you're trying to focus, what do you need to let go? So take your hands and just do that. Just let go of something. So do you need to let go of something else so that you can focus? If you're working with a child who doesn't focus well, go ahead and teach this word with a little bit of the information I just gave you. Empower your child by knowing that his brain is what needs to learn how to focus. So you're gonna want to be focused 
to teach your child what it means to be focused. So guess what? You gotta learn how to do this first. Whether you're an adult mentoring other adults or you're a parent, you have to be able to model what it means to focus. I recommend that you do some things like teach your child how to break an egg without spilling it. I'm still working on that one, by the way. Okay, how to crack an egg and it goes into the skillet and not on the side of the skillet or, you know. So how do you break open an egg? And parents tend to jump in and do too much because they think, oh, my five-year-old can't do that. How do you know? Until you ask him to try to break an egg and do it carefully. And then he gets to eat the egg if your kiddo will eat eggs. So number one, teach your child the word focus. What does that word mean? And you model it. And so you might put it in your vocabulary. So you might walk around the house and say, oh, man, I got to get the bills paid. And I haven't got those done yet today because I just haven't focused on it. I'm going to sit down and let go of everything else. And I'm just going to focus on getting the bills paid. If children could hear their parents think out loud, you've got the opportunity to monitor or to model that for them. Same as a teacher or a mentor. Don't be afraid to think out loud and let people who you are trying to teach this to learn how you do it. So think out loud. That was number one. So teach the word focus and model it. Number two limit screen time. When we're playing video games, it's doing all the work for us and we're getting a whole bunch of dopamine and we get a lot of activity and it's very stimulating, but you've got to slow down at some time and let go of the digital screen. And I'm, I love video games. I've got a few I play on my phone. Okay. So I'm not against them but we wanna limit them. And the younger the child, the more it should be limited. So five and six year olds, maybe a little screen time on the weekend, maybe 30 minutes a, a day. But if you've got a six, seven year old that's doing two, three hours, especially in the summer, yeah, I know, I know parents. Beautiful way to keep your child out of your hair and entertained and quiet, <laughs> but you're not helping the brain. Mm -hmm. You're not feeding the brain what it needs by them doing a lot of screen time. Um, so you can visit the American Association of Pediatrics. You can go to their website and they can uh, help you with calculating how much time per day your child should be on, on, on screens. All right, so that's number two. So number one, teach your word, your child, yourself, the word focus. What does it mean? And model it. Number two, limit screen time. Number three, my favorite. Okay, we're going to shift to all fun now. All right, play strategy games. Play games, not video games, strategy games. All right, so I'm going to give you some. So I hope you got paper and pencil ready or listen to this podcast again when you're not driving or you're not jogging down the, the road, right? And here's some examples for kids up until they're even 10 or 11 years old. You're going to think this looks too young, but honestly, it's challenging puzzles, any kind of puzzles. But I love Melissa and Doug wooden cube puzzle. Melissa and Doug wooden cube puzzle. So you get six puzzles because the puzzles are made up of blocks and you got to keep turning the blocks and figure out which 
puzzle are you trying to build? So that one demands focus. Actually, every strategy game demands focus, so it doesn't really matter which one you play, but I'm going to give you games on every podcast, and I have had parents tell me that I have cost them a lot of money because I recommend all these games, so sorry, but that's just the way it goes. I would love to see your home or even your office have a bookcase of high-quality strategy games that are hands-on mind on and you are literally building a brain when you play strategy games let me give you a couple more had a mom tell me this morning and she has a very very adhd beautiful son who just about literally bounces off the walls i've watched him and he does and he is so hyperactive and so struggles with focus and i recommended the game guess who 10 bucks at myers or walmart and you flip up the little characters and you're saying, does does your character have brown hair or does he wear glasses? Does Is it a man? Is it a woman? You're asking yes or no questions. And the mom told me she watched her son and the other kids that were playing play this game for 45 minutes. She's, and here's the word she used. It was a miracle. She said she's never seen him sit for 45 minutes and do anything. But he played this game for 45 minutes. So parents, if you're willing to stop everything, okay, and let some other thing, withdraw from some other things, as William James said, and sit and focus on your child, give them eye contact that your body language says you're engaged, and play strategy games, and ooh and ah over their answers and how they're figuring out how to play, you're building a brain. Couple other games. Let me. I'm going to give you three more. Ready? QBs. It's spelled C U B E E Z. It's a silly face race. And at first, you think, "Oh, this looks easy." And normally, the kids beat me when I play with children on this. It's a visual perception motor race. And you do not have to play it timed all of the games that we use at MindCap. Sometimes we play them just for the process of playing the game and building focus, not necessarily who wins or loses. So QBs is really fun. Uh, Kids love it. I'm going to guess that most people have heard of Spot It and Spot It Junior. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that one. That also demands visual focus. Highly recommend that game. And you can keep it in your bag. You can keep it in the car. You can play it while you're driving. And the last game I'm going to share is called Thumbs Up. So there's these little colored rings. And you flip a card over and you have to put the rings on your thumb in the right order. And whoever shoves their thumb up in the air and yells Thumbs Up wins. But again, you don't have to play it with the timing if you've got a kiddo that that is a challenge for. Just work at being able to do the game instead of winning at the game. So those are the games that I recommend for helping your child learn how to focus. If these types of activities do not work for your child, guess what? they probably need uh, the Feuerstein program. I can help you find practitioners around the world, wherever you're at, and so can the Feuerstein Institute. 
and we can help you find someone where you live if you happen to not be here in Indiana or in my tri-state area. When we want to develop this ability to focus our brain, it is important as a parent or mentor that you ask good questions. Now, Feuerstein called this mediation. You're getting in between a task and the child or another person, and you're asking good questions to get them to think for themselves. So consider mediation that skill of asking questions in a very thoughtful way to get kiddos or other adults to think for themselves. So here's some questions to mediate focusing. Are your brain and eyes working together to focus? What do you hear right now? Or what do you see right now? Is your brain focused? Look again carefully, take your time. So those are questions that need to be asked very thoughtfully. You notice I slowed down a little bit. I wasn't rushing and it's not in a demanding voice. It's not in a voice that says, well, you just weren't paying attention, so I have to. So you're careful with your tone when you mediate. You're very respectful of the, of the child or the person when you ask these questions. So hope those will help when you are mediating for focus. It's been good to be with you this week. Remember, if you're interested in podcasting, to contact my friend Kibway Cooper at www.workwithkibway.com or you can visit his Facebook page at Guru Guide to Podcasting. So people all over the world can use him to build this skill of podcasting. So I hope you will subscribe and follow me every week and maybe share the podcast with others to build your brain or someone you love. Remember, it's one dendrite at a time, one block at a time, one thought at a time. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Build a Brain podcast. If you're wanting more information on how to build a brain, please visit the website for the MindCap Center in Fort Wayne, Indiana at www.mindcap.org. That's www.mindcap.org. Children and adults from across the United States and Canada have found the cognitive help they needed at the MindCap Center. Their specialized team is trained in all levels of the Feuerstein program and can literally help you or your child build a new brain. We'll see you next time.